Hello everybody and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley, and me, Chris. Thank you for that musical introduction, Ashley. Was it me? You keep saying this. It's not musical, I'm just it's just different inflections. Yeah, pace. Went fast and I don't, slow. I don't know and... how it did actually sound like I was singing, didn't it? Mm. I wasn't. I didn't mean to. Like a musical. Sorry. How are you? You alright? Oh, I'll tell you what. This game where the musical. Mm. We'll have to work on it. We'll have to work on it. Starring me and you or starring other people? Starring other people playing us. Right. Get um, Chris Pratt to play one of us and someone else heard us play the other one. Like in the Mario oh. film. A satire. Maybe. Good, good satire there. Amazing satire. What I was wondering is, could we take the most obtuse route to a This Game Where game adaptation? So instead of just doing This Game Where the podcast, the game, could we do This Game Where the podcast, the musical, then do This Game Where the podcast, the musical, the film, then do This Game Where the podcast, the musical, the film, the novel serialization. Novelization for juniors. And then from there, lead into the film. So it would be This Game Where the podcast, the musical, the film, novelization, game. Should we workshop that? We'll, we'll, we'll work it out at some point. I think that is probably our best route to getting a game made. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I'll start ringing some people. All right. Get on the blower to, I don't know, George Lucas. He's a make games, does he? Other people. Why was that the first name that sprung to my mind? No idea. What is that with me? Would we be a point and click? I think we would. Yeah, I think so. We go down the Dan and Ben route. Is that what you think? Yeah, definitely. Mm, right, right. Okay. Cool. Right. We're well, not talking. We're not talking about our game. No. This week we're talking about someone else's game. Well, we're talking about the last Mario game. Well, not the last Mario game. We're talking a Mario game in the last of our four-way Mario versus Sonic. I wish I hadn't used the word four-way then. Um, our Mario and Sonic four-way. Yeah, I really regret that word choice. Um, Mario and Sonic four-way. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, we are. We're talking about our. We're talking about another Mario game today. And it was my choice, so I've chosen well. There were multiple options for me to... Multiple tracks for me to go down. There were a lot. Well, before you even say what the game is, let's be honest, Mario has trounced Sonic this month. And just generally. Potentially, yeah. 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 Unfortunately, in some ways, I think. Because there's a lot of mispotential, I I, I imagine, with uh, with Sonic. But we're not here to talk about Sonic today. Is this game going to carry on that, that trend? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Before I tell you what it is, though, I was going to ask you, what would you have done, Mario-wise? What would you have done this month? I'd have gone for Mario World, but I did play WarioWare earlier on the Switch, the new one, and Wario Land popped up in it, and it made me remember what an amazing game that is. Yeah, that was one of the games that I considered for today. But then I'm after thinking as well, Mario Land 2 is also really good. You could go down the Wario roots, or they're kind of a bit tangential, I guess. That's what I was weighing up because Super Mario, so Wario, the first Wario game is actually Super Mario Land Three. Yeah, it is. So I could have got away with gotten away with that, with but that then one. there are with that one exactly. Yeah. So then, where do we draw the line? It, Wario Land games, they're not allowed, and Wario Wear games, they're not allowed. No, that's too much. <sighs> yeah. So if I try to unite the unite both sides and done a super. Uh, a Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. What would you have thought to that? Because that was another idea that I had. Try and bring ev- bring the two houses together. That'd have been nice. Join everyone together, like Acrimony's parents after a divorce. Yeah, because those games, I at least my experience of them, they're not terrible games at all. They're quite fun. I've never played them. Ah, well, they were born out of the Wii era of party games and 
there's a little bit more meat to some of them than the general fare that you tended to get. Or they were born out of on, Sega, on riding on Nintendo's coattails, trying to claw some money back from their ailing franchise. Let's not make what was actually quite a sensational event, Mario and Sonic coming together for the first time. Let's not make that into something nasty and bitter, because it, it wasn't. It was actually quite a sweet gesture one way or the other, I don't really know. And it's turned into a multi-million selling franchise that people really, truly enjoy. So I, I'm not going to hold anything against them. All right. I haven't done that this week, though. Good. Phew. I have been racking my brains, as they, as you can tell, though, because I've gone through the Warriors. I've gone through the Olympic Games. Did you want to end spin-offs. on a high? I do want to end on a high. I thought about the spin-offs, the sports franchises, the tennises and the football. I don't know if you've played Mario Strikers. No, I haven't. I did wonder if you go for one of those just to give a bit of variety from platforming. Yeah, a bit of Mario Golf. Uh, could have gone for gone down the golf route. I haven't. Well, what is it? Come on, put, put me out of the misery. I've gone for this game where, following the kidnapping of a princess, one man in his hat set off in hot pursuit, chasing the bulky brigand down over many varied kingdoms, all the while seeking out the fuel that will keep them going on their adventure. Is it Mario Odyssey? It's Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. exciting. It, in the end, was, I think, the only route to go down for this episode. We've never talked about Mario Odyssey And it kind of feels like it's a shadow hanging over the podcast in some ways, because it's possibly the best Mario game ever to have been made. Yep. So far, at least. Seconded. Now, there are are other ones. Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy 2. I'm surprised that you've gone two feet first in with me on on mario odyssey because i know you love those um odyssey is just the uh the crowning achievement pun partially intended there i was literally thinking about mario odyssey uh today actually because i was reflecting on yeah the, the time recording we're at the end of january 2022 it's coming up to uh, half term in in the uk during february it was during the half term holidays in 2018 That's school break isn't it school break school yeah break. school's out for spring break Spring. Would that be spring break for the Americans, or is no, that slightly that's, that's later? What I think that's April, Easter. isn't it? Mm. And it was during that half-term holiday in 2018 when you got a switch and you were texting me about how amazing it was. Basically, almost with you inviting me over, I came over, fell in love with it, and bought a switch myself the next day, including Mario Odyssey, because I played it at yours, and how good it was. Have a look back. Was it as late as that? Because I seem to think that... In fact, I'm going to check now. One second. I think you got it just after Christmas, possibly, and then I... Or maybe sort of... A couple of weeks after Christmas, and then I came over during during February. Yeah, so I've got it down as January 2018 that we got it, but I'm just going to check. But, uh, the reason I think it was January 2018 is because it was sort of like a, a second Christmas present to Hannah and I, because we, we'd been thinking about it, we'd been on an hour and about it, and hadn't done anything over Christmas. And then there was an absolutely amazing deal. One, we got our, we got our, this is 2018, the Switch isn't even a year old, and we got our Nintendo Switch with Mario Odyssey for about £255. And it was selling for 280 full price. And it was selling out everywhere. And we got ours with a game for £255. So we were very pleased with that. Yeah, so I've just checked. And it was January. It was actually... We got it mid-January on that very good deal. And... The same, well, sort of the same as you. I had been lusting after Super Mario Odyssey since it was announced. The game that I think people, a lot of people, associate that first year of the Switch's life with, and in fact now, is Breath of the Wild. And for me and Hannah, that is actually a Wii U game. We played that on the Wii U because that's what we had when it released. And we we weren't going to go rushing out to get a, a new console when we had one that would play the game. Absolutely. And and play it very adequately, very play it very well. What we didn't account for was that they would announce 
what was going to look like one of the best Super Mario entries for a long, long time. Do you remember the trailer? A few months later. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just... It, it had my mouth watering from the moment I saw it. I was trying to the dinosaur. Yeah. And then, yeah, a, and then the dinosaur so suddenly had a, a Mario moustache and hat. Like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And that's one of the reasons, uh, among a few others, that I was sa- salivating for the entire last half of, of 2017. And it only got January 2018 before Hannah and I went all in and bought ourselves a Switch with that game. And, and it is the it is the reason that we bought the the switch it's the only reason that we really had it at the time to buy the switch it paid off in dividends and then equally with me because i was absolutely blown away by it me too and continue to be i actually have dipped in the beginning i started a new game of it this week okay to wet my whistle have you been playing this for a while then doing odyssey i've been umming and ahhing over which one to do since uh, the beginning of the month and i kind of as i said I've gone through a few different ideas and then I settled on it, I think, last week for reasons we won't go into. Going a little bit further down the track that I was sort of heading down, I would actually say, so lots of people would say Breath of the Wild, perfect Switch game. I'd say more so Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, I think it's one that I, well, sort of repaying the favour that for for you, i.e., me playing Switch at yours made me buy Switch. I know people that have bought Switch on the strength of playing it around my house or mm. I recommend it to people, etc. And I recommend Odyssey over Breath of the Wild. I think it's more accessible and more, not more playable, but it's broader in its appeal. I think there's an element of that. What I think as well, though, it, it plays on the strengths of the console in so much as it's got this bite-sized design that so for anyone that hasn't played Mario Odyssey this is now going this episode is potentially I think going to serve as a a sort of pseudo selling you on the game to be honest because I think if you haven't played it at this point you are missing out on quite a lot at the same time I'm going to go to some effort not 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 complete effort I'm going to go to some effort not to spoil some of the nicest surprises that the game offers so bear that in mind I apologize if I if I do spoil there might still be spoilers in in this episode the game is built around this bite-sized approach so similar to Breath of the Wild with the 120 shrines that you can dip into and out of and they're fairly bite-sized you can tackle one of those it's not a massive dungeon this game is built on 880 challenges of varying degrees the completing of which will give you a power moon and the power moon is the fuel that fuels your spaceship that allows you to chase bowser who has gone and uh, kidnapped princess peach so for every challenge that you unearth and succeed in you will get a power moon or maybe a handful of power moons and there are over the course of the entire game there are 880 of these challenges you can do some challenges in a couple of minutes so when you think about what one of the major strengths of the switch is it's the ability to pick up and play and it's got you can play on the tally you can pull it out of the dock and you can carry on playing on the train on the way into work or or in the back of the car if you're young and going to school there's that but you've also got and this is this is underplayed i think in terms of how people talk about the Switch. So you've got a, a really solid sleep mode mm-hmm. in so much as you can turn a game off. You can press the power button on the Switch and it'll immediately power down or go into hibernation. Once you, As soon as you press a button on the Switch again, it'll turn on and you can jump straight back in. with Within seconds, you can be straight back into the game where you were. And that makes the Switch, above and beyond anything else, that makes the Switch just the perfect machine. And this, the perfect game for it. For me, it's those two things working in tandem. I remember 
saying to you when I came over this whole thing about the, the docking and then pulling it out and I thought it'd be so clunky and it's just so seamless that it's mm. you know you, you pull it out of the dock it's straight onto the mini screen put it back into the docking back onto the big screen and then the, the sleep thing as well the fact that as you say you can pause wherever you are hold down home for two or three seconds to choose sleep mode and then goes into in sleep mode and then he picks up again go out of sleep mode back into the game within seconds it's just so accessible and, and yeah, it's just great. Yeah, you can you can pick this, and this game is built around that idea. I think to some extent Breath of the Wild is as well. But the reason that I think Super Mario Odyssey is the pinnacle of of Switch game design in a, a lot of senses, in a way that Breath of the Wild isn't, is simply because Breath of the Wild a lot more cinematic and visually intense. Yeah, and also has a granularity of detail that people don't always give it credit for. Sometimes it it does sort of try to reach further than it maybe it's capable of in terms of the granularity of the detail, but it has a finer detail to it than than the chunky, blocky, super bright, vivid colours of Super Mario Odyssey. So for me, Breath of the Wild is better played on the television on a on a nice big screen where you can really soak in all of those details whereas Super Mario Odyssey because of its design aesthetics because of the choices they've made in terms of visuals that really works whether you are on the big screen or the small screen definitely you're not losing anything in that transition you're losing nothing in that transition at all and so yeah it really serves to in any way that you decide to play it whether it's handheld or on the screen whether it's using the joy cons whether it's using a a controller whichever way you decide to play this game it will shine just to pick on that point there then you talked about how to play the game and in a physical sense in terms of the hardware in terms of playing the game itself the approach you've mentioned 880 moons and people might be thinking oh blind that's that's a lot to pick up the way the game is designed you're given i think it's perhaps in 12 and 15 kingdoms you know your sand kingdom something like that Do you know what i i wish i'd looked up all of those facts facts but i i'm gonna i'm just gonna put this out there i haven't this episode isn't actually gonna be fact laden no uh, no i don't no need for it to i be. haven't looked into any of those because simply because the game speaks for itself so yeah. so much and we're i think the the strength of my feelings for it and i think possibly for you as well 100%. means that there's just no need for it no our experiences will speak for themselves we can talk talk the first kingdom you go to, for example, there's like a lot of power moons and you only need to collect a portion of them in order to progress to the next kingdom. You might want to go through and collect all those power moons before you progress to the next kingdom, or at least all the ones you can do at that point of the game. And that's fine. Equally, you might want to just get the ones you need to in order to, as Ashley said, provide fuel for the, the ship in order to go on. And then that's fine as well. You can then come back to that kingdom later if you want to, or if you don't, you don't have to. It is fine. It is up to you how you play the game, which hmm. is... We've mentioned Breath of the Wild a few times now, or you have anyway. I mentioned Breath of the Wild a few times already, and that's what I think it's got that lineage there because it, it's so it's up to you how you play it. Yeah, I, the reason that Breath of the Wild uh, to me sits very comfortably beside this game is because of just how accomplished both of them are, and and how embedded into people's minds they are when they think about the console that they live on or primarily live on when it comes to Breath of the Wild. Both of them, I think, have taken series that pre-existed them and i think reached for perfection in a way that they've never really reached before and both of them have managed to to at least grab some or, or maybe all of that um ambition and, and make a fist of it i think with this one for me it's the uh it's the variety and it's, it's it's something that comes up time and time again on this podcast it's that one minute you're controlling uh, a, a t-rex the next minute you are uh, i don't want to spoil it you're controlling mario but in a way that you wouldn't have expect to play 
in a 3D platforming game on the Switch, for example. So, yeah, right. It, we're going to start, we're, I think from there, we're going to start talking a little bit more about the game and why we enjoy it so much. But before we do that, I do, I've said, I've, I've said I don't have any facts, really, but I do have some facts and I'm going to just lay them out quickly okay. uh, for us before we get into it. Just, just to give you an idea of, well, just to give you an idea of the response to this game. So it was the, it was the fastest, it is still, in fact, the fastest selling Super Mario title on record. And it was also the best selling game in 2017, which is saying something really because it came out in October of 2017. I was just going to query that. So the fact it became the biggest selling game of that year in a couple of months. Yeah. That's amazing. Absurd, really, isn't it? Um, That has only really just carried on because as of September 2021, Nintendo periodically release all of their sales figures for the console and for the games that are on it. 2021, September 2021 was the last time they did that. And the figure for Mario Odyssey was 21.95 million. Now, if you think it's five years this year that that game's been out, just over four at the moment, it sold 21.59 million in those four, let's say five years. So that's four million a year on average, uh, which means probably about 300,000. Is it 300,000? Yeah, about 300,000-ish a month, which means that it's probably rocketed past 22 million in in the time between them announcing that 21.95 and, and now, which is pretty, it's pretty good going, isn't it? Very good. So why why this game? I think I've laid it down, laid it out well enough so far. But I have got three headers that I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what they are. So why this game out of all games? We're gonna cover these things. Something it, it is something that feels brand new and a perfection of the genre, whilst at the same time reaching back and being a celebration of what came before. Completely. That's actually two he- two of my headers. <laughs> and then the the third one is what you've just said really the capture mechanic is so well considered and just keeps delivering novelty and nonsense of the best kind that was the that was what i wrote for my third header so the vari- we can we can jump down to that if you like the variety that is offered by that capture mechanic well let's explain that for anyone that doesn't know how that mechanic works the key point of the game is it revolves around mario's cap cappy as it's called in this game mm. which i think as well is really clever this this cap that mario's worn for well, since the first game came out in the mid-80s, it then becomes a character in itself and then becomes a crucial part of the game, this personified hat. The key mechanic is that you can lift the hat off and you can throw it. It can then become a platform you can use to jump to further things, so it then becomes ingrained within the platforming elements as well. The key bit Dash has mentioned, the capture mechanic, is when you throw it towards things that live in levels, they usually they've got like a, a red sphere attached to their head like a teletubby but not all the time if you hang on hang on hang on it's usually a little mario hat i thought Mm, i'm not sure about that isn't it no i thought that everything that you could capture had a hat if you think about if you look if you look in the ice kingdom the blowy blowy clouds they have santa Santa hats hats, yeah the goombas tend to wear a variety of different hats not all the time though you have to knock them off in order to be able... No, not all the time. Not all the time at all. But oftentimes it's like if something's wearing a hat, then it's a... It's a clue. It's a signal that you can yeah. try and knock the hat off. You can't always. No. Okay, so however it works, uh, you throw your cap at it and then you then embody that thing, whatever it is you become that thing. So there are Goombas. 
for the first time in a Mario in a mainline Mario game, I think you then control a Goomba with its restricted control methods. If there's a, you've mentioned those, they're called Typhoos in the um, Snow Kingdom, these these massive clouds that can blow wind, you knock off a Santa hat, throw your cap against, then take control of it, and then you're suddenly this this enormous cloud blowing, blowing wind, which you can then use to maneuver platforms and then jump back out of them. The platforms you've then moved with that as that thing, you can then use to your advantage to reach things that were previously inaccessible. Uh, you've mentioned the T-Rex already as well. The yeah. T-Rex you can actually inhabit. You you can become the T-Rex for a, a limited period of time and wreak carnage over the floating island, which is uh, the pre is it prehistoric jungle kingdom? kingdom? Jungle kingdom. Sorry, that it was just a marvel. Like to be able to do that, it was it was very strange for a Mario game. It felt very strange. Yeah, but it also fit so well. Just in terms of the game is constantly playful and silly. And I said nonsense of the best kind, and that's a perfect example. I think the T Rex of, of that is nonsense of the best kind because all these things that they, they come out of out of nowhere, don't they? You, you control on this or you control on that, and every time it's just such a surprise and such a joy to to find these things and have those little moments of bliss. I guess the first thing that you can capture in the game i was blown away by it for yeah. a start I'll, I'll go into detail a little bit more why but i remember having gushed about this by text i think to you and keeping back that little that first capture so that you could be as surprised as i was because it's a frog and there are reasons that it's a frog so uh, again a tiny little smidgen of a fact um, it's a frog because of the intrinsic importance of of jumping in Mario games and platformers in general. So they made the first capture a frog because it's a nod to that. When you catch this frog, when you throw your hat at it, you have this little very short, very sweet sequence where you are sucked into its brain and you end up in this weird um, vortex. vortex. And in the vortex are these images, these faded images of all different types of frog, maybe uh, red red footed tree frogs and uh, little toady type frogs and all all different types of frogs it's like it's like you're in the frog's brain and you're seeing its own sense of self how it's developed its sense of self it's how and it's, you, it's you the get frog's, sucked down into it's the frog's brain as imagined by kubrick uh, uh, yeah it is yeah so you get this little sequence. It made me laugh yeah. hard, like it. It really did because all of these they're not they're not cartoonified versions of frogs. It's, they're actual images of frogs. Google image photos, and, and again, you're, you're playing this. It's a Mario game, and then suddenly this this sequence happens where you're sucked inside a frog, and all these pictures. It's so unexpected. It's an absolute joy. Yeah, the mirror image of that moment for the, in the game comes at the end of the story. Uh, in the game now this is one of the things that i don't want to spoil really no. but there is another there is another moment that you have this vortex situation happen it's when you're capturing something and I, i'm not going to go any further in terms of telling you what that is but you have this other moment and it just mirrors that beginning very very well and it feeds into my second header which is that this game is a celebration of what came before in, completely in the, biggest and best of ways we can come back to that later but i just wanted to point to that last capture or, or not the last capture but i just wanted to point to that capture that i can't talk about too much specifically because of just how well thought out it is that last capture had jumped into my mind already and i wasn't going to mention it either because and it, it sprung to my mind because for that exact reason because of how just joyous it is it is so much fun and again out of nowhere 
uh, it's it's just great if you're keen uh, to have a look i'm sure there are lots of videos on youtube uh, playthroughs etc that you could go and have a look at to find out what exactly it is yeah i've actually i've just read as you were saying that you're absolutely right and i i would i would recommend people play the game before they go and look it up on youtube personally i really would because the, the surprise is as much part of the game as anything so i was just looking at my notes and i read i read what i'd written about that and i have said the capture at the end of the game does the same thing as the frog and is one more example of how odyssey respects and embraces its history and tradition whilst moving things on at the same time so yeah i think that perfectly encapsulates the capture mechanic in general so we've talked we've touched very quickly we're gonna have to sort of move on a little bit quicker i think because we're talking with the problem with this game people is that chris and i could talk about it for days I, i think yeah. The capture mechanic, you've nodded towards the fact that it provides variety. And the reason it provides variety is because there are, I d- again, should have checked this number, but there's just an endless, seemingly, a seemingly endless number of captures that you can make. So just off the top of my head, you can take on a Goomba, you can take on a T-Rex, you can take on a Chain Chomp. In fact, giant chain chomps that you then use to snook a ball or the chain chomps around the, the level. The key two. You can take on... Yeah, you can take on Lakitu. You can take on a Sherman tank called Sherm. That's in New Donk City. You can take on... Oh, by the way, the Goombas. So my favourite thing about the Goomba capture is that actually you can tower them up. One of the little puzzles in each of the kingdoms in, in Mario Odyssey is that you have to find a Lady Goomba, tower up a bunch of Goombas so that they can be on the same height as her because one of the Goombas is trying to woo the lady Goomba so you have to you have to tower them up it's sort of like Romeo and Juliet in Goomba world it's uh it's brilliant just very just listen to that sentence back uh that that's a perfect encapsulation of how bananas this game is I mean, it plays it always such a straight face as well which I think is also quite funny as well yeah, I, I agree. I've listed my favourite uh, captures there. Have you, what's, what would you say, putting you on the spot a little bit, what would you say would be your standout captures? The key is the one that springs to mind for me just because that then unlocks the, the fishing, not, not mini game, but moons. You've mentioned a few times how you like games that have fishing as part of it, and I quite enjoy the, the zen of, of fishing as the key to. The relaxedness. Mm. Yeah, you really have put them on the spot. I can't think of any others really off, other than the key two, but I think there's probably about 24. I know it's an even number oh, because no, there's in, so many more than it, that, it, surely. In the menu, it's it's two rows that, yeah. that are even. So I think I'll it's, tell you what, you've, you've, you've undersold that to such an extent that I'm going to check. If it's 24, I will be absolutely gobsmacked. Yeah, so a quick... A quick Google search, uh, VG247 has has a comprehensive list of the captures in this game. There are 52 in the game, and I thought that it was getting up there. So that's 26 per row, if you're if you're thinking about your... What, what I'm thinking, I think, is the moves menu where it tells you the moves for each of the characters, and maybe there's 24 or whatever it is, characters that have got their own moves set that require different things. So there's, there's the Maui... Ah. There's the Maui statue, for example, that has the mechanic of being able to put his sunglasses, his sunglasses down and up mm. again to make things reveal. So you've got to be told, reminded what the button prompt is for that because it crops up later on in the game. And by that yeah. point, it, it crops up in the last kingdom, for example. And that Maui statue appears in the very first kingdom, the Sand Kingdom. If you've been playing it through and unlocking, getting every single moon as you go through, which is how I played the game, amount of time between playing that sand kingdom and getting that last kingdom was i mean it wasn't long in relative terms because i i was absolutely hooked on this game but for some people it might be months down the line yeah absolutely the 
I, I don't know if this is coming. The, the other thing to say about these capture, the, these creatures that you can capture or, or vehicles in some cases is that every single one of them feels very distinct from the other one. So you've said about the Maui. The Maui has this great lumbering. He, he's a big stone statue and he has a really lumbering walk. That, yeah. And he's quite slow in doing so. And when he puts his sunglasses down, he gets even slower takes really tentative steps the frog on the other hand has this super high jump and it it's a really loping feel when you when you take the jump it goes up into the air really high it has a, a tin whistle noise as well yeah it, like that especially when you couple it's potential minor spoiler here towards the end of the game you go to the, the moon the moon kingdom obviously has a lower gravity and when you inhabit a frog on the moon the jump is just you know woof. So, yeah, so high I mean, because of that, which again, really fun. Exactly. I was going to say jumping on the moon, regardless of what character you are, is just fantastic. I used to love, I, and probably still would if I was on it now, I used to love doing long long jumps yeah. with Mario just across the moon's surface. It was fabulous. And the, the music there as well, we've not talked about the music, but the, I remember the music for the moon king being really delicate and, and twinkly, a bit like the... Uh, yeah. Not the underground theme music in the main Mario games, but there's the levels in it's made Mario World where you've got the, the crystals, where it's underground with crystals hanging down. The star. Yeah. The, the star that, road. That kind level, of theme. Or yeah. the area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the music is another thing as well. It, it ha- isn't something that I've covered in my uh, notes, but I'm more than happy to let you uh, go at it if you want to on the music. To, to be honest, I'll say piece that really springs to mind. Well, Every level is populated. One, it has, they all have really wonderful musical themes. Um, and then they all have as well the attention to detail in terms of the soundscape in general, sound effects in particular, is phenomenal. And again, a, a little fact that I just know um, the sound effects are designed in such a way that they harmonize with the music. Oh, nice. So if you, if you, what's a good example what's the island you know the one that's surrounded with um purple water like poisonous water and you oh, have the caterpillars the island kingdom is that what it's called the island kingdom Some, i think so okay well in any way in any case it's, it's a tropical island type thing and it has these caterpillars that when they um they can accordion out get very long and then oh, they, yeah. can, they snap yeah. back um to, to be in normal size and when they accordion out and get very long they have this this sound effect that's Exactly like that. So that's a perfect example of where you'd hear the harmonizing very clearly because it's quite a long sound effect. So if the music's playing in one at one pitch or tone or key or, or all three, it will sound one way. And then if it when it's playing a different part of the music, the sound effect will sound another way. That kind of attention to detail is everywhere. Completely. Yeah. What, what, Musically and visually and everything. It has just crossed my mind about the music, actually. I think you said at one point that this was the first Mario game to have a orchestral sound. No, that's Galaxy, isn't it? It's the first one to have an orchestral Mario soundtrack. Mario Galaxy is the first to have an but, orchestral soundtrack, yeah. Okay, I sound corrected there. But the, the soundtrack here, the music is so epic in scale, as befits a game called Odyssey. It's so mm. sweeping and and uh, grandiose, but not, not in a bad way. It's just, it's so effective. I mean, we're moving into a, a phase um, in terms of game development, certainly in AAA games where music has gone to another level and i think it started happening over the last decade or so if you think uh skyward sword was the first zelda to have a fully orchestrated soundtrack and most of the time a lot of the time that is for the best for the better 
I think with Super Mario games, I think with the 3D Mario games, that is indisputably the case because the music in Galaxy, Galaxy 2 and Odyssey is just so well, well done. So well done and so emotive. So kind of the, the, the theme from Odyssey, it's the sort of sounds that make people puff their chest out and feel heroic. It's it's just fantastic. Again, here we go. Here's another one. Um, I can't remember it exact, but a little fact, a little another little nugget Great. that I uh, know of. The song "Jump Up Superstar," which is sung by Pauline in New Donk City, thank uh, you. Yep. A particular moment that was released as part of a, a like a little mini collection of of songs from Super Mario Odyssey, charted at something like number twelve in the Apple iTunes top twenty or something wow. like that. So, and it, I think it was the fir- one of the first, I think it was one of the first, this might be wrong. I, it might be one of the first video game songs to chart in the top 20 on the Apple iTunes oh, charts or something like that. It's a jam. It is a jam. Now, it's also a perfect, I think, segue to uh, go along to the next header for me. Uh, so, header number two is it's a celebration, the game, Odyssey, is a celebration of what came before so it's in it in and of itself even if it didn't have these elements that celebrate previous games and the history of, of mario in and of itself it would be phenomenal and that is where we're going to end that'll be our last area but in terms of how it celebrates the the history of mario it goes above and beyond i think yeah definitely we, we've mentioned a few times the the, obviously the, the capture mechanic we said about how you can take over goombas i've mentioned the key to there are quite a few classic mario characters enemies whatever you want to call them you can become there's the lake kingdom is populated by cheap cheeps and the sensation mm. of taking over cheap cheap and then swimming around underwater as a cheap cheap with this lovely swimming animation it bobs from side to side um beautifully May not be beautiful, maybe that's not the right word. Beyond, I mean, it just is. It, it looks really nice. It's a very well considered version of a cheap cheap. Yeah. And if you were going to imagine a cheap cheap, it, it's exactly as it appears in Mario Odyssey. I think that's what you, yeah, that's sort of that. saying, isn't it? Yeah. Rather, rather than me creeping on the fish, there's toads pop up in it, Luigi's in it, Peach, etc. The the big thing though, the thing that I think most people think of when they think of this game, are the Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this. So if you don't want to have the spoil, then maybe skip forward a few minutes. It's a very minor spoiler. And and they these things, what, what Chris is talking, referring to, they happen almost immediately. Yeah. And it, but, so, but it's the fact that when it happens, it's it's out of nowhere. And it's a bit like the T-Rex. It's this big surprise, just sheer yeah, joy. I suppose. Yeah. It's hidden, in fact, in the first kingdom that it happens in, isn't it? You have to break down a wall. Yeah. So... It's you get sucked into pipes that are then attached to walls, and then suddenly you're then controlling 2D Mario. And it's a game that's the classic Mario Brothers with the music as well. The music of the kings you're in becomes digitized, if I remember correctly. Yeah, really well done. 8 bit chiptune type S- seamless versions of those big orchestral numbers. And the platforming section is 2D bit. They're, they're never very long. You're never in it for more than. I don't know, say a minute, probably maximum, and then you're back out again, and then you're back into being the 3D Mario Odyssey game. And and the fact as well that they're short, they're not overused. There's only a handful of kingdoms that use them. Think as well as the novelty of them, but they are just so fun. And harking back to the point you've said that nodding back to the past, that is for me, that is the the key part of that. They crop up just enough, I think. Yeah, is what I would say. You, 
I think I can't remember exactly. You only said it just a moment ago, but I can't remember exactly what you said. But they the implication is that they're not they're few and far between. But actually, I think they are so a part of this game that I can't think of Mario Odyssey without thinking of these two D Super Mario Brothers completely elements. And at the time, we were also so this is this is why I mean we haven't done. The direct comparisons yet but i know that you and i have had very we, we've had conversations about mario and sonic in terms of how each of companies approaches its history and incorporates its history into games and at the time when this came out we i think say sonic mania had come out recently or was about to come out or something like that i think sonic mania came out summer 2017 so it was around the same sort of time i remember there being a kotaku article actually talking about this exact point the fact yeah. that odyssey how it handles the mario lineage and how sonic mania handles the mario the, the sonic lineage it's funny because w- i remember that article as well i can't remember if you sent it to me or i sent it to you but it was about five days after you and me had had a conversation yeah. about it all in depth and then they'd written this article that we we had had a conversation about that sonic and sega they have struggled as i don't think it's disputable they've struggled really to do justice to the legacy of the character and the brand if you want to call it well yeah and the brand um and really the only success they've had in terms of of doing justice to it as far as i'm concerned again is uh, sonic mania and sonic mania is really just a riff on the classic games it's it's a re a reversion of of those games it's exactly the same though in terms of gameplay in terms of mechanics it's the same well and zones it's it's rehashing and many zones. of the, the, the zones yeah that that is a a celebration of what has happened and it does move the series on a bit odyssey does the same thing it celebrates what has happened before but it takes those and then just moves it so much further forward it completely recontextualizes, uh, at least for me, it completely recontextualizes 2D Super Mario Brothers and its relation to the 3D uh, games because there was quite a clear, um, at, at one point at least, nineteen uh, mid-90s, Super Mario 64 comes out and 2D Mario becomes 3D Mario and the two things feel quite distinct. Super Mario Odyssey takes the two of them and brings them together in the best way. So, uh, and, and also even manages to redefine in, to some extent those 2D Mario experiences. Case in point, if we talk about Sand Kingdom, early on in the Sand Kingdom, one of the things that you have to do is traverse up a tower and the tower is round. It's a, it's a circle. Sorry, it's a cylinder. And to get from the bottom of the tower to the top of the tower, you go through one of these pipes and you go and you traverse in as 2D Mario. You traverse a 2D Super Mario Brothers style with bullet bills flying at you. Because it's a quite a tight curved surface, you actually don't have very long to register when a, a pair of bullet bills is flying at you. So so taking that 2D, what, what I'm really, what I'm trying to say is taking that 2D plane and applying it to 3D environments changes your relationship to to the way you traverse those things uh, to traverse those 2d levels that you were actually if you're us and you in your 30s and you played super mario brothers in the 80s or 90s you are very familiar with Mm. intimately familiar with it it changes them in ways that that are surprising and enjoyable and fresh i've never really registered how you're right i never registered how revolutionary that it is and the thing i like with it is as you're going 
around the cylinder, you can see the background of the level behind you moving because the camera's following you around. And the fact that yeah. you feel you are, as you say, confined in this 2D space while the 3D world is still existing around you is so clever. Yeah, and they also integrate the 2D and the 3D together for novel moments or, or sort of in uh, like puzzly novel puzzles. There's one in, again, the Sand Kingdom uh, early on. Uh, I, I am sort of trying to stick to the early on elements because at least then we're not we're not sort of if we are spoiling things then it's early on it's not too far into the game you'll spoil them anyway just playing them but there's there's a underground area in a secret place in the sand kingdom and one of the sequences that you do you do a 2d wall uh traversal then you pop out of the side of the wall and you're being pursued by bullet bills and when bullet bills hit where where you've exited the 2d area and become 3d again the bullet bills are coming towards that as well and and at least the first time i played it i didn't think this was going to happen but the bullet bills then pop out of the 2d uh wall and become 3d bullet bills and chase you you then have to you have to navigate them you have to because they chase you you have to navigate them to a wall to make them explode the wall so that you can get through and it's that combination it's that integration of the 2d into the 3d that i really like as well yeah but you're absolutely right there's uh as you're talking i'm just thinking about so many of those amazing moments um another one that springs to mind for me um, another one i've thought of that was definitely mentioned in the kotaku article but is something that ash and i um, have talked about as well is again beach kingdom no no oh okay this, this idea of revolutionizing the gameplay is that this does away with lives. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, again, seems fairly minor, but actually for a game, for playing a game in 2017, does add a lot to it. The, the Kotaku article, which we'll probably put on social media because it'd be a good reference point for people, it mm. talks about how Sonic Mania is still mired in this idea of collecting lives from through yeah, monitors, yeah. which, you know, that's how Sonic has always played, but then Mario's always been played through lives as well. In Odyssey you collect coins and then for every hundred coins you get you get what do you get for getting a hundred coins in my odyssey yeah yes can't can't even remember but does it matter no it doesn't matter at all yes you you can buy coins i think it's probably that you you can buy power yeah so your coins add up i think to it to a total if you die through losing health or by falling off a cliff you lose i think it's 50 coins and then that's that you're back to 10 is it 10 it's just 10, yeah. It's just 10 coins. And to, to contextualise that a little bit further, by the end of the fir- the actual First Kingdom, you've been talking about Jungle Kingdom as the First Kingdom, but the actual First Kingdom is Hat yeah, Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the end of that First Kingdom, you have a couple of hundred coins. It's a coin fest. Yeah, it is a coin fest, yeah. So in terms of, if you think every 10 coins is a life, if you like, um, you, your punishment... Your punishment, if you can call it that, for for dying is 10 coins being lost. And if you have fewer than 10 coins and die, if you have 8 coins and die, you just go down to zero, and that's that. There's no other punishment than that. And that... If you have zero coins and die, you don't lose anything. Yeah, it's great. It just, again, it's that making it so playable. Uh, Another thing that... And and friendly and approachable. Completely. Mm. Another thing that I think it does really effectively that i don't know if you really dabble with was assist mode so i know that you played this with your daughter the assist yeah. mode and i i didn't really have anyone that would no need it, so. I, I, didn't, I didn't think you would uh, assist mode again 
the, this idea of similar to what they've done on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, I remember we definitely talked about this way back in the first episode of Toe with Little Kid Mode. Assist Mode from Mario Odyssey is where it gives you, instead of your standard three um, bars of health or hearts, whatever you want to call them, you get six. Uh, if you fall off a, a ledge, uh, a little bubble appears around Mario and then just deposits him back wherever you fell off. If you are on fewer than six units of health, let's say you're on four, you stand still and I think it takes about five seconds, maybe slightly less, and then the health bar starts filling up again. Hmm. Uh, again, all these little touches just to make it accessible. When I got this game in um, February 2018, my daughter was three and a half and she was playing games a little bit, not very much. And as she got more uh, favorite games this became one that she went back to over and over again it was actually uh thinking back during the very first lockdown uh so march april 2020 when she was five and a half this was one we sat and actually played together because it was mm. it was something to do during the lockdowns uh sitting and yeah. playing this well i think j- just to sort of go off as, and then we'll come back to something um, related to the celebration of the history of Mario. But to go off on a, ta- a slight tangent, um, this game is so replayable, and and that is another thing that it come it it um that's another aspect that it shares with Breath of the Wild. These two games, people are still playing. If you look at Twitch, Breath of the Wild is almost certainly still massive on there, and people are still watching people play it, and people are still doing new things with it and finding new things. This game similarly has a similar. This game has a similar feel to it as well i i don't know if i said this on the uh start of this episode or or what but um i was playing it this week and started a new game and it was just so enjoyable to to best through the first couple of of kingdoms i i didn't feel like i was miss you know you know if you have played a game and then go back to it and sometimes you just remember how to do it in such a way that it diminishes what you feel or or diminishes your enjoyment or it feels a bit a bit shonky, or you come back to it and you've not got the emotional attachment. Maybe you played a game when it was your your, yeah. birth, your birthday or good of Christmas or something, and then you go play it again during a April bank holiday years later, and it doesn't have that emotional connection. Yeah, I, I completely yeah, know what you mean. None of that, none of that at all. It, you, I've gone back to it this week, and I've enjoyed it just as much, I think, as I was enjoying it before. And I know full well that I'm doing things that I've done before, but. Uh, it, it's just so fun and i think because there's 880 because there's so many moons to find i'm not going to remember how to find every single one of those 880 moons and i know full well that there are things that i've remembered and then rather than getting like a oh yeah uh, that was easy wasn't it because i remember how to do it it was like oh yeah that was a clever way to hide that moon or oh yeah i remember finding this one the game actually has this little. The game actually has this recognition of your achievement every time you find a power moon. It it, it throws Cappy and Mario up into the air into a, a pose. They strike a pose, and then it gives you the date and the title of the moon. It gives you the date that you found the moon and the title of that moon, which I think is a lovely aspect and a lovely way to celebrate the achievements, the many many achievements that you can make, big and small, in in, uh, in Mario Odyssey. Because then through the map, you can then track. Oh, I got that moon on that date. Yeah, which I, I yeah. quite like as as well. I do. Did did you get all? You did get all eight hundred eighty moons, didn't I, you? I'll be honest. I can't remember. I was very close. If I didn't, but right. um, I can't. I can't remember. I can't remember why. Why? Oh, just did just you? just for uh, just for to talk about really. Not there's not to I'd talk ha- about. Oh right, okay. Um, no, I got. I'd have to check. I got um, for you know to be honest. I got eight hundred seventy nine 
there was one that you had to come over and do the jump rope challenge. Oh, you mean the jump rope challenge? Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, I do actually know that I didn't get all of the moons because I didn't do the Mario games of late, uh, the most recent iterations of Mario games, the most recent entries in Mario games, they've had those extremely challenging end game uh, levels. And this is no exception because there are some real difficult platforming challenges towards the end of this and i didn't do the last one which i i, I did using assist mode um, you, you cheesed it yeah 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 that's all right that's fine it's I, about I, enjoyment and if it, you're not enjoying it then my justification for doing that was i wanted to complete the game i never thought that come back to haunt me and who who knew that years later i'd have to admit it on a on a podcast on a that, podcast that, that, could well, be, that could be my secret that i could have taken to the grave it could have been. We actually started our podcast in the same year that we got this game. Yeah, true. Which is interesting. I hadn't thought about that just till then. So we're going to come back round. Big arc. We've gone on a. We've gone off a, a upper upper path that we weren't meaning to, and we're coming back. Um, another thing that these two D Mario's do is recontextualize. Not recontextualize. So another thing that is incorporated into these 2D Mario elements, which I think gives a di- uh, gives you a, a slightly different spin on 2D Mario, is that all of the costumes that you can unlock in Mario Odyssey, and there are many, many of them, are then reproduced as little Mario sprites, little Mario sprite versions when you're when you're 8-bit Mario, and th- they're amazing. They really are. To see to see a a style that you're so familiar with in terms of it being a Super Mario Brothers style of 8-bit animation, to see that then doing brand new things in terms of, like the the Sand Kingdom, you get a sombrero and a, and a poncho, and then to see that re- reproduced in 8-bit style is fab. There's, um, they're, they're endless, these, uh, these different Mario costumes, and every single one of them, I think, has a, has a 2D version of them. Yeah, they which, do. I'd, I'd actually, was lovely. I'd actually made a note to talk about that as we were talking a few minutes ago. Um, for clarity, again, with the costumes as well, in each kingdom you unlock or can buy, because there's a whole buying mechanic which we've not talked about yet with the purple coins, uh, you can buy one, two, or three costumes. So by the end point of the game, yeah. you're looking at probably about 50, and then there's extra ones you can buy by earning lots of coins on top of that. Each mm. costume is comprised of a, a cap and then the outfit. So let's say, for example, in the... Uh, beach kingdom it's a snorkel and then mario in his swimming trunks so you've got mario running around with just wearing swimming trunks but you can then pair them up so for the luncheon kingdom you unlock a chef's hat and a, a chef's outfit but if you want to you could then have the chef's outfit with the snorkel or you can yeah. have the chef's outfit with original cappy and all that and then that element as well of customizing mario to be what you want mario to look like as well just opens up so many possibilities there are actually moons themed around that where they're gated off you have to have a certain outfit in order to get into it so it then becomes actually Mm. part of the gameplay itself rather than just a a novelty cosmetic yeah i think by and large it's a novelty cosmetic by by and large yeah yeah but it's it's a very very welcome one and in the age of Fortnite et al um who met who have your that their primary money making uh thing is there is the aesthetics is the costumes and the skins and things um to have all of that in abundance in mario odyssey just felt like a like how it should be Mm. in my view (laughs) but uh like a treat um 
the to again i'm i've sort of gone off a, on a little bit of a tangent only to want to come back to the 2d stuff because the 2d mario aspects they they culminate in an absolute treat in new donk city where the, 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 mayor, the celebration yes a big old celebratory uh fanfare for for 2d mario the mayor of new donk city do you know who that is pauline from donkey kong yes so that yeah so pauline is the character from donkey kong she predated uh peach she predated mario dating peach and um she is mayor of new donk city i think appropriately um towards the end i can't remember the sequence in new donk city that leads into this but towards the end of like the story aspect of new donk city traversal you end up taking part in this massive celebration with fireworks and all sorts where the mayor pauline does a swing song called jump uh, jump up superstar which is the one that charted in the apple apple itunes charts um and she's singing this i can't remember how long it is but the whole time you are running along these red girders uh, um that this 2d yeah this 2d level that is a complete um love letter to the the absolute origins of mario as as jumpman in donkey kong it is a phenomenal and a latery celebration of mario's heritage mario's history and and sort of completes the circle with mario odyssey being the latest uh, entry and uh, donkey kong being the first i i suppose for mario there is another and i i've ummed an art about whether to talk about this but there is another treat that happens post game that does a similar thing but instead of harking back to the very very beginning of mario's history it goes to the midpoint it it goes back to the 3d uh this the start of 3d mario super mario 64 and i i am going to spoil this um so if you don't want to hear it go forward a few minutes or turn off go play the game and come back in a few months um because the final Earthbound, at least, the final Earthbound kingdom that you get access to once you've completed the game is... The Mushroom um, Kingdom. Yeah, it's the, it's an exact... Well, I say an exact recreation. It's a highly polished recreation of the hub world out of Super Mario 64 with Peach's Castle and the surrounding grounds. It, and it's beautiful and a real lovely reward for people who who get that far in the game it's not just it's not just like a fly-by-night little treat for you to run around the mushroom kingdom either because there are there are moons to get in there and And there are a substantial number of moons to get in there and also there's there's a a character on the roof of peach's castle uh should we mention that character I think given that we've given a, a spoiler alert, we can. Because yeah. one of the things that people theorized when when way back when in the 90s when we were playing Super Mario 64 was that if you collected all of the stars in that game and then made your way to the roof of Peach's Castle by hook or by crook, you would find up there a secret character. Now, as a lovely bit of fan service to that rumor that wasn't true... I did not know that uh, was ah, that, right. that was a thing. That's, that's ah, even better. Right, okay. It is, yeah. It, it's a perfect little bit of fan service. It's fan service done right. Because if you go up to the roof of this version, of Odyssey's version of Peach's Castle, you find Yoshi and you can capture him. You can capture him and, and, and play as Yoshi. Which is 
it, it's just ah oh, bliss, absolute bliss. Complete with super super long tongue. So yeah, a fab fab reward for for going through the game. Yeah, and, and that is about everything that I've got to say about the celebratory, like the way it celebrates history. It just does the perfect job. I I could gush about it um, forever, really. The thing is with the game as well, you think at that point, that's the end of the game. It, it, the game, a bit like Batman Begins does, is it the end? Oh, no, there's a bit more. Is it the end? Oh, there's a bit more. So you've got the... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, the Mushroom Kingdom comes after the last boss, in inverted commas, and is a nice, peaceful, tranquil area. But then after completing that, I think that's the Moon Kingdom comes after that. I can't yeah. remember the sequence. But also as part of the work you do with the Moon Kingdom... As you've gone through the game, there's been these, in each kingdom, there's been these mysterious grey cubes that you, you can't yeah. do anything with. When you get to the moon kingdom and go back into each kingdom, these these cubes have started glowing. And you go and I think you do the, the butt stomp, whatever you call it, that move onto them. And then, then they shatter because they're made out of moon rock. And then suddenly a load more moons have unlocked in each kingdom. So For you're every then, single kingdom, yeah. yeah. So you'll then revisit these kingdoms. If if you, as I said earlier on, if you're going back to mop up stuff at this point in the game, then that they're there as well. If you're going back because you've completed that kingdom, then suddenly, oh, no, you haven't. There's a load more moons to find. And it, it's just that... It's not leading you astray, that's the wrong phrase, but it, it's it's giving you so much every single point. There is so much to this game. Yeah, and... A lot of a lot of the time, games that have an end game, if you like, they at least for me they outstay their welcome. Yeah, and completely. This is an absolute exception to that rule because I, at no point have I ever felt like Super Mario Odyssey got tired or stale or or had too much or outstayed its welcome. I I have only been left wanting more to mm. such an extent that I pretty much since the pretty much since i finished it in 2018 i've been hoping and keeping my fingers crossed tightly that there's going to be a super mario odyssey 2 it just seems like such a no-brainer there are nearly a, in fact there might be now a hundred million switch consoles in people's hands i can only imagine the sort of sales figures that you'd get from a super mario odyssey 2 i would i would expect it to be like silly numbers oh so as I said, we're recording this early 2022. I keep seeing headlines over the last few months about Mario Kart 8 in the UK, at least Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch being the biggest selling game this week. That's a game that has been out for a similar amount of time, and it's still outselling every other game in the top ten that week. Yeah. If Mario Odyssey 2 came out, I just I think that would have a similar. I just think it would just sell so much. It's a. a it, it's a surprise. Again, we've talked about this numerous times as well. We've both been surprised that the A hasn't been a sequel announced at any point, or even some DLC because yeah, like, a bit of DLC, like, a couple like of new kingdoms, you, like you. I we talked about how we both completed it to the nth degree. If an extra kingdom got released as DLC, I would happily be have on paid it. yeah for for an extra kingdom. Well, yeah, yeah pr- very pr- much so. Price dependent, of course, but uh, yeah, yeah, and I. I'd hope, what I do hope, is that there is something happening and that they're just taking their time with it to get it as, to, to polish it up to be as, as good as the original. Because, so my third, my third and final header was the fact that this is something that even though it pulls on lots of old, well, 
worn strings um is it also feels brand new and uh, to me at least it feels like a perfection not just of super mario games but of 3d platforming yeah as a whole it it's just so well realized every every aspect of it comes together perfectly every aspect of it controls perfectly every single one i can't think of a single capture that doesn't feel like the the controls have been honed perfectly everything everything feels like what it's supposed to be and the levels themselves even though we've had sandbox levels in previous super mario 3d super mario entries such as 64 and sunshine the way the design of these the this the breadth and height that you get from these these sandboxes it's just perfect i can't think of a better word for it, it yeah they've they've, they've just yeah they are they're dense and rich with opportunities to succeed and achieve in terms of finding moons even to the point where it's not even just about moons you i know that you like this aspect quite a lot if you go out of your way to try and try and climb say a very high place more often than not you'll get up to the top of this seemingly unclimbable thing and you'll find an absolute pile of coins now, the reason for that was because the testers in uh, at Nintendo, the testers were finding their way into places that they weren't technically supposed to get to. And instead of putting invisible barriers in, the designers made the choice that if people are going to go out of their way to explore, they want to encourage that. They yeah. want people to... That's the point of the game. So they, they put these little treasure troves up in these unreachable places that the testers were finding as like a little homage to their testers and the job that they were doing, the the good job that they were doing, and um, and as a reward to the players. That approach feels like it sums up, I think, the general approach for Mario Odyssey. Just reward people. Reward, 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 reward. I feel like you just said it. it's celebrating the fans, the people that look to do that sort of thing, rather than as lots of games we do chastise them or gate those things off with uh you know we've, we've all played we talk about three platforms but we all play three platforms i'm sure where there's just random invisible walls for no reason other yeah. than just stop you from going outside where you're supposed to go yeah and it looks shonky now, this this, this doesn't honest, do that no I, I i'm sure they exist i'm thinking you know like if you what happens if you swim out on beach kingdom i don't know what happens but i wouldn't be surprised that if instead of getting uh hitting an invisible wall you maybe get eaten by a very giant fish or something like that i think beach kingdom ends it's a bit like Discworld. it's like oh, an area it goes off the edge i think you fall off and then you'll just have the the bubble and then just come back in i believe did not know that there we go i sh- could have checked that i didn't um but yeah everything feels very well designed and as you say player orientated which is a nice change here from what you normally what you often get yeah. in other places they are packed as I, I think we've said that the, the sheer abundance of objectives whether they are overt objectives that the game actually says hey you've got to get up to the top of that tower or hey you've got to go and climb up that inverted pyramid that's flying in the sky or whether they're hidden like hey there's a funny looking hillock over there maybe you want to go and see whether there's a power moon on it or they're just everywhere or there's even ones linked to, to moves. In, in the Mushroom Kingdom, there's uh, Toadette pops up, and then she gives you a slew of moons based on how you've played. So if you have done mm. um, 
800 i can't again i can't remember the numbers if you've done a certain number of long jumps you'll get a moon and if you haven't done that number then it gives you it that will come up on your menu so you know how many you've got to then do and it's all about the number of characters you've you've um, inhabited with the capture number of outfits you've bought number of collectibles you've unlocked all that sort of thing so it's you're being rewarded for how you are playing not just what you are doing but how you are playing it as well now that toadette thing not not that toadette thing um yes and something i mean i wasn't going to touch on this but actually i i do think that that is an interesting aspect of this game for a few reasons they're achievements they are achievements essentially for a long long time people have been asking themselves and and asking nintendo in some cases why don't they have an why don't they copy sony and and microsoft and implement achievements in nintendo consoles and they've resisted they haven't even answered they've never never really addressed it and then the first the first way that they address it is here with toadette who has achievements that there are achievements in odyssey and nintendo have Nintendoed the achievements and personally, I think, improved the idea of achievements. They it, it almost felt like they were saying, look, I know everybody keeps asking why we don't have achievements, but it's not we, we haven't not done achievements because we can't, because we can. Here, look, this is how to do achievements. If you're going to do them, do them like this. Because they're not for anybody else. They're for you. Mm. They're for you as a player. They're not a way to show off to the world. They're not a way to um, they're not a way to give you a little endorphin hit because you've got five more gamer score or whatever. They they're just a way to enhance the way you enjoy that game. And personally, I think that's the best way to do achievements. I other games have done them, but they've always been tied into either the Sony or Microsoft ecosystems of gamer score or I can't remember what it trophies. is, trophies on yeah, bronze, silvers and golds and things. But Nintendo did away with all of that that braggy, swaggery sort of aspect of it and just boiled it down to here's a few ways to maybe have a little bit more fun with this game. Very Nintendo and again a good way of approaching completely achievements so yeah i mean uh, this game i i I hope it's coming across i think it might be i think it might be coming across this game is phenomenal yeah definitely Uh, this episode has well there was no risk of it not being this but it has just become an hour-long celebration of us crapping on about how great this game is uh um apologies uh to those of you that uh you know, weren't that key on the game. It's probably been a pretty boring episode for you, but uh, them's the breaks. It's uh, it's phenomenal. I'll be honest on two counts. I think if people weren't in it, I think if people didn't enjoy the game, if they know it and they didn't enjoy it, then they wouldn't have stayed with us up to this point. True. They're probably not listening anymore. However, if you are one of those people that's listening, I would absolutely love to hear why, why, why you didn't enjoy my Odyssey. I'd love to know because I just genuinely cannot think of a reason. That's definitely a really good question because I keep thinking of little things about the game, like gameplay elements or levels or just small areas that I really like. I just don't want to talk about it. Not so I don't want to talk about it anymore, but I think we've uh, we've got enough about it. So if there's anything you you really like that we haven't talked about, please let us know because we'd uh, we'd love to uh, engage with people and you know talk about you know it, it's clear we love this game. Hmm. 
Or, as I say, the other end of that stick, uh, that spectrum. If you don't like it, I I want to know why. I don't know. I, it's not. A, it's not. And also, not a, also, where's your soul? It's not an opinion that I've ever heard of before. You can't not like game. Come on. Well, let's let's not let's not go too far, Chris. Come on. <laughs> it is. It is. It's the best 3D Mario. It's possibly the best. It's just the best Mario. And I hope that they are able to find a way to surpass it. But at the moment, I just hope that they do something to equal it. Right, well, uh, there we go. That's uh, our, our run of Mario Sonic episodes over. Uh, a great, great way to end that. So thank you for that, Ashley. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to do this again next January. Because I've got plenty more Mario games that we could talk about. What I think we need to do next January is have a run of Mario Sonic games, but maybe not pit it as a, a battle, because uh, I, I think that it's a foregone conclusion now. Yeah, it is kind of a foregone cl- conclusion, isn't it? It's a nice I, way to introduce let's the Let's just year. be clear, though, that wasn't us. That we, haven't, we haven't couched it in that, really. We've just embraced what already exists, because it, if anything, it was Sega that couched it in those terms. True. In the early 90s, they, they were looking for a fight, and they got one and they i think they gave super uh, they gave nintendo a bloody nose but then quickly fell out of the ring and have never really returned to it yeah absolutely except in sonic and mario at the olympic games or whatever where they have to share the spotlight i think it's just be a nice way for us to start the year and maybe something will be next year just just front load the 2023 with mario and sonic to, to not have them again but uh you know, yeah they, they might pop again who knows? It's just it's just a bit of a, a bit of a theming. Just go with it. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about, everybody. Thank you ever so much for staying with us uh, for the hour. We really appreciate every single one of you, and it gives us a great deal of joy to to see the numbers uh, keep creeping up. Which um, yeah, it's just it's just nice it's to know nice. that people are taking a bit of notice. If you are enjoying our podcast, then why not give us a little follow, or uh, they call it subscribe, don't they? On twitter or facebook or youtube or instagram or any of those things probably facebook is the best place to do that at the moment uh, also if you can like subscribe rate and review is that the one chris yeah five verbs in some order if you like subscribe rate and review something like that share. i don't know if i've done share yeah share us that that's actually probably the most a uh, useful one to us like if you share us with people that might like listening I'll share s-h-a-r-e not c-h-e-r the, the clarification. Uh, you can sh- you, you can you can share or share i don't mind myself so yeah thanks thanks again and we'll see you next week for unfortunately one of chris's choices it's a goodie next week oh i hope so it best be see you later bye